Well, whether you are in the pinnacle of joy or the depths of despair, take heart. The Joe and Joe Weather Show is on, and that should make you happy. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Joe Rayo to my left, and I'm Joe Chaffee. That's right. Here yes. We Here we are. I'm already halfway through my gla obligatory glass of wine during the live streams. So. And and what what else can I what else oh there you are, what else can I tell you Joe uh, that you, we already don't know except that it's hot and it's humid, and it looks like even though we have been hearing reports in some circles that the humidity is going to go down, it's going to feel a lot better. Don't believe it because oh yeah, it's going to go down, but it's going to go down like you know, begrudgingly. Well, enough that maybe you might, you, you should be able to notice a little bit of a change. We have our, an early super chat hit from Steve LaPointe, and we thank Steve very, very much. We've but, only been on for like one minute. We already got I know, we're just, we're riveting. They're just, they're just throwing dollars at us. Uh, but yeah. Thanks a lot. <laughs> thank you, Steve. The, um, uh, let me just do a little quick housekeeping. The uh, show tonight will, of course, be available as a podcast, and you can find that on Anchor, on Google Podcasts, and on Spotify, and I think we're on iTunes, although they, I've, I've seen some people have been watching us on iTunes, though uh, I, uh, I haven't been officially not been notified by Apple, Joe, that our podcasts are on iTunes. And what else did I want to say? Well, not too much. I guess I'm I'm in good shape. And Johnny Quest is just to hit super chat tonight. We uh, thank you, Johnny. Mm -hmm. Really, you 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 at least got your road your rowboat to dry. I hope after all the rain that you've had over the last week or so. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about tonight. Of course, attention focusing on potential tropical cyclone nine, which is east of the Leeward Islands, and <clears throat> they. Uh, they started doing this at the Hurricane Center last year. <clears throat> I was a little bit leery about it at first. Uh, I had uh, I had questions, but I think I think the concept has actually worked pretty well. I, I believe I can only recall one instance where they came out with a potential tropical cyclone that did not wind up eventually becoming a tropical storm. Uh, so so far so good, and they do this. When they think that something has a, stands a very good chance of becoming a tropical cyclone, and basically, I guess the best way to describe it is when you look at the satellite, you look at the wind data and everything else, it's about three quarters of the way there. There just needs one little extra uh, step. Uh, yeah, either the center, <clears throat> either the center has the has to close off. Actually, more more often than not, it's 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 waiting for the center to close close off, or it, as you have in a situation like this where you have a very broad center of circulation. Uh, you may have noticed on the satellite, uh, Joe, there's, it looks like there's almost been a gigantic donut hole in between two areas of convection, one to the east and one to the, one to the west. And we're just basically waiting for that to tighten up and, and, and get convection to form around where the lowest pressure is, and then they'll make it a tropical storm. Yeah, and uh, the interestingly, Joe, is that uh, several days ago, uh, several models, most notably the GFS, carried this thing, you know, really held it, held it as a uh, as a potential tropical cyclone all the way up to the uh, North Carolina coast. And now the models are a bit more anomalous, if you will, uh, in their uh, projection as to Are you all right? Yeah, no, I had a I had a, mute. a sip of water or something. No, to, no, uh... I muted myself. I had a little. Oh. I had a piece of dust in my throat. 
Okay. And that dust but, was a gift from <laughs> from a very dusty room. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <clears throat> what I'm saying is that it looked on the longer range models a few days ago, like it was really holding together. And you could say, oh, look, is that a hurricane? And now it's it, you, you could see initially that they're showing that, but then it kind of becomes more amorphous, if you will, uh, more diffuse, especially <clears throat> as it gets close to... Uh, I, to I, I tend to, th I, I think this is a very complex, you know, look, having looked at everything today, and I, I made sure I took the time to look at everything I could get my hands on. With Including the no gaps? No, that I won't ever do. <laughs> no. I look, there are I certain things, the no <clears throat> there are certain I lines no I will not cross, and, and one of them is the no gaps model. I just have no use for that at all. I, I looked at the Navy no gaps model last night. And they had what on the on on this particular model, the no gaps model, they had what looked to be like a category three storm making landfall along the east coast of Florida on Sunday. So well, I I did look at it for the first time, and it'll be interesting to see how it does, is the parallel GFS. Now, for those of you who don't know, the parallel GFS, when when we have a parallel GFS, it runs parallel to the regular GFS. And what's happening is they're doing an upgrade. So eventually the parallel GFS will replace the current GFS and supposedly it's it's supposed to be better than the GFS that we've got now. But the last time they did an upgrade, if you recall, it wound up being <clears throat> a bit of a disaster. There was something wrong with the uh, the GFS model and they had to go in and fine tune it. So we'll see how it does. Uh, the scenario, Joe, no doubt in my mind, is very complicated. You've got four working, what I always usually refer to as puzzle pieces. You have a ridge and three shortwave troughs. You have an alleyway that's going to try to sit up along the East Coast. On top of that, you're going to have a stalled front in the Southeast late this week and this weekend. It's probably not going to be ideal conditions for strengthening. So <clears throat> there are a lot of balls being juggled here. And the first thing is that we is really to get this thing to close off because I think that will at least reduce a little bit of the uncertainty. If this if it stays weak, it's going to respond more to the low level easterlies and and wind up pushing its way into the Northeast Caribbean and the way the European model had it today just just kind of rips right across all the big islands, uh, the uh, right. over over Puerto Rico, the Dominican Republic. Cuba, the Greater Antilles, which basically would rip it. The mountains on a track like that would just absolutely rip it apart. Uh, now, now, I know how I, I know that the Hurricane Center forecasters are concerned. You know how I know that they're concerned because this isn't even a tropical cyclone <coughs> officially yet. And yet, if you look, if you go on their uh, site NHC and read the technical discussion, it's which about I did. twice as it's about twice <coughs> as long as a discussion normally would read for something that has already developed and something's already formed. In other words, they they are they already seeing what you just mentioned, Joe, that it's going to interact with uh, some of those idle islands and also possibly make its way toward Florida. And they just want to keep stressing over and over and over again, you know, don't follow the exact track. This hasn't developed right. yet. We're not sure. We're not sure. <clears throat> blah, blah, blah. But they made it, again, the discussion was twice as long. I said, they wouldn't spend this much time writing up a discussion this long if they weren't concerned. Well, uh, I, I also think from the standpoint of strength, if it tracks, if it, if we wind up, first things first is you got to close off the center and, and, and it has to become uh, stronger than this in order for it to be relevant. So we, sh we should we should point that out off the bat. The other thing is 
if you wind up with a track that, say, it is on the northern end of that of the guidance envelope, where you got all the hurricane model tracks, if it winds up being on the northern end of that track, uh, it's not a whole lot of mileage, but it might be the difference in terms of what it has to deal with once it goes up, once it heads up, say, into the Bahamas. If it's further out offshore, uh, conditions may be, let's say conditions may not exactly be ideal for strengthening, but they may wind up being less unfavorable. Maybe that's the best way to put it. So let's, uh, why don't we start off, we'll bring up some uh, some maps. I think we'll, we'll take care of all of this and before we start going into the local weather over the next couple of days and uh, i'm going to start off joseph with the interactive um <clears throat> tracking map that everybody can get uh, from the uh, nhc.noaa.gov to take a look if you want to bring it up yourselves folks you can and just kind of follow along uh, on uh, while well, i've got it here on the full screen and i'll be adding some elements along the way so this is the forecast track of the potential tropical cyclone. Tropical storm warnings are up for the Leeward Islands. They're up for the Virgin Islands. They're up for Puerto Rico. And we have a tropical storm watch up for the Dominican Republic, not for Haiti, just for the, the, uh, the Dominican Republic. And you can see the hurricane center's track is pretty much west-northwest, moves relatively quickly, moves across the northern Leeward Islands, uh, the I often wish, Joe, when they do these maps, they look. They only they would put a little bit more geography. Uh, it actually takes it very close to or just to the north of the island of Guadalupe, and then it moves on northwestward from there, west northwestward from there, through the uh, U.S. Uh, Virgin Islands, and then right uh, into Puerto Rico as a tropical storm. Now, again, uh, this is the forecast track. It's not written gospel yet. And the timing of this would be actually for Puerto Rico will be arriving, say, Wednesday sometime around 8 p.m. as far as the winds are concerned. And then, of course, moving right along, it takes it north of the Dominican Republic <clears throat> uh, into the southern Bahamas. And at least on its latest forecast track, they do bring it into South Florida. But uh, notice the cone. The uh, uh, I keep wanting to call it the cone of shame. <laughs> 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 but it's not, uh, especially because we, we, we have we, you and I have both pointed out and it's worth pointing out again that the Hurricane Center's track forecasts have gotten very, very good, even out to five days. The, they really minimize the, uh, the, the mileage error. Uh, and, and they do that and they do that without a Sharpie, too. Yes, they do. Uh, yeah. Very, very much so. And <laughs> of course, the uh, the variability here, if it's a weaker storm, you're going to see it wind up being on the southern end of this envelope. Uh, if you if it's a stronger system, you're going to wind up seeing it on the northern part of this uh, of this forecast track. And with regards to I'm just going to back it up here. So let's we'll add uh, I'll throw up the watches that are up the, all in blue. Uh, there are no storm surge watches or warnings. And here's the initial radii of gales. And going forward, uh, as we uh, put on the area of gales, you see the probability uh, of, uh, I, I'm, I'm guessing that the yellow and orange areas are uh, 40 to 50%. I just want to see if they have that up here on the scale. And they do. So starting with the, uh, you start to get into the browner colors. That's where the 50% starts. And when you see the red, 70% probability 
of 34 knot winds. And uh, with regards to 50 knots, uh, right now, relatively low probability because, frankly, it's under 20%. And it's because we don't really know what we're dealing with at this point. What is it going to be when it moves uh, toward these islands? How much strength will it get or won't it get? Again, all part of the uh, the variables that we're dealing with here tonight. Yeah, and uh, uh, yeah, a lot of variables. And of course, any one of those islands that uh, we're watching has uh, terrain which, if the uh, hurricane, the uh, the potential tropical system passes over, will certainly uh, uh, cause a bit of a weakening. Especially if it somehow manages to get all the way up to the Dominican Republic or Haiti, uh, those mountains are what. 12, 14,000 feet high. Yeah, they they, they, they they do a great job at ripping the circulation apart. Right. Joe Rayo is monitoring the chat board, by the way. So uh, if you have any questions or comments, be sure to <clears throat> leave them on the uh, live chat board. You can join <laughs> that chat by with your Gmail account and subscribing to my YouTube channel and have at it. The Robert, questions, Robert, comments, Robert, whatever you like. Robert Russo, thank you for hitting Super Chat. So we got... Three people already hitting super chats. I don't know what we're doing right tonight, Joe. No, let's whatever it is, let's keep doing it. Here's the the Hurricane Center's uh, forecast map, of course. You know, from 5 p.m. tonight, uh, which uh, you have the the tropical storm just just uh, taking on up to the west northwest. You see where the watches and warnings. 14.4, 55.9 maximum sustained winds at the moment, 40 miles per hour, moving west northwest, 285 degrees at 23 miles an hour, 21 knots. So that, that, that means it, it moves about one degree west every three hours or so. So it, it's it's moving at a fairly good clip here. Yeah, it's sailing along, a good forward motion. And uh, that means that even if it were to become entangled in some of those higher terrain mountainous uh, regions, let's say of Dominican Republic or Haiti, if it just keeps on moving, the sheer momentum will take it off and away from those mountains, and it could very quickly regain strength after losing strength. So it, it'll be it'll be one to watch uh, in the uh, next uh, next several days. This is the last re the recon from late this afternoon that the Hurricane Center quoted in their discussion. Now, when I saw this earlier this afternoon, the uh, area of winds here, the light green, the wind bars that you see, the, the uh, light greens are 40 to 45 knots. They had instead <clears throat> a belt of 50 to 70 knot winds being indicated north and west of what they thought were the center. But I, I'm, it looked a little suspect. Turns out it was bad data. So they replotted this and now it's correct. So we're looking at winds running the top winds. And they weren't able to really close off a tight center. And you know that because of the fact that usually when the recon aircraft is out here, you'll see pressures, uh, pressure points that are labeled on the map and, and they make a second or third pass so they could actually actually see how the uh, the plane is actually tracking the storm and reporting that back to the hurricane center. But they were only able to find what looks like a relatively broad uh, center of low pressure. And this is the pro this is the issue with respect to uh, uh, whether this is a, uh, a a tropical storm at this point or if we're dealing with how they have it labeled, which is a potential tropical cyclone. Now, here's the wide satellite loop. And if you think back to yesterday, that donut hole in the middle, Joe, looks like it's it's closing up to an extent. Uh, there's more convection that is forming north and west of the circulation center. It still looks you know, fairly broad, but there is more convection here. So 
I, I'm guessing that as we go through overnight, if the trend continues as it gets a little bit better organized during the overnight hours, that if not tonight, maybe as sometime tomorrow morning, you might see this get uh, uh, named Isaiah. Well, I, I now, <laughs> I my wife, she's gone now. She went up to do an error. Oh, good. We could talk about her then. Um, but uh, but um, Lonnie Quinn mentioned the correct pronunciation of this of this storm, this I storm. Is it Isaiah's or no? It's not. It's 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 it's, and I can't even. I don't even remember how to pronounce it now. I should have written it down phonetically. It's a French. It's a French name, and uh, it, Isaiah. It's, it's no. Why don't we just say it's the I Je Isaiah? <laughs> Why don't you look on the look on the hurricane? I can't bring it up because I got the maps up. But if you bring up the hurricane centers, bring up the hurricane center page, and bring up the tropical cyclone names, I think they have the phonetic uh, pronunciation of it. Right. So you uh, you do that. I'm going to just finish up with this map. Uh, you, you you see the uh, the thing, it is definitely turning. I mean, there's no question that there is a circulation here. It's just that again, it is just still relatively broad. Also, by the way, I want you to, want to note want you to notice that uh, we we uh, you know we were talking a couple a week or a couple of weeks ago about how all the convection was down close to the equator or south of five degrees north. Well, you know now we're seeing that migration of these <clears throat> waves further north as they come off. Uh, the African coast. And that makes development of the these waves, it doesn't make them likely, but it certainly increases the possibility that something could develop here uh, when you have the uh, waves coming out further north. And we actually do have another uh, halfway decent looking wave here that's south and west of the Cabo Verde Islands. And it looks like there's yet another tropical wave beginning to move off the African coast. And it's not to say that either of those are going to develop down the road. Uh, it, but we are seeing increased activity. Once they come off, then they're dependent on how conditions are across the tropical Atlantic. Were we able to find it? Yes. It, uh, the, the pronunciation, uh, the Atlantic Basin storm name pronunciation for this storm is Isaiah, wait a minute, Isaiah. Isaiah. It puts the stress on the double E, E's, ah, E, as. Oh, why did they do that? E-E-S. Oh, my God. The main, the so-called lamestream media is going to have a field day with this one. E-E-S hyphen, A-H hyphen, double E capitalized, uppercase, hyphen, A-H-S. Well, maybe perhaps, perhaps because our, we have such a big audience, uh, perhaps uh, someone from the French side of St. Martin might be able to help us out with this. Okay. I might and, point out. And by the way, what, and I, what I was just saying before about name pronunciation, uh, I, I, I'm real touchy about it because I can I can tell you, my last name has been butchered in so many ways over my life. So I, I, I get it, and I really try to make an effort to make sure you get, I get the name pronunciation correct. But let's see I, if someone comes up on the chat board and maybe can, can help us out with this. I might point out that the I-storm in future years will be a lot easier. Next year, it's Ida. Oh, I can pronounce that. <laughs> 20, Ida. 20, 2022, it's Ian. Okay. 2023, it's... Oh, no. 2023, it's Idalia. 
Idalia? Okay, Idalia. We, we, we could do that. 2024 is Isaac. 2025 is Imelda. And no, Imelda's retired. I thought they retired Imelda. Well, that's then it's on the <clears throat> They haven't corrected. I think Imelda's getting retired. All yeah. right. Here's um here's a tight view. So you can get a, a close-up shot here of our uh, our tropical system. So uh, at this stage of the game, we're just gonna have to wait to see what uh, the next recon finds and uh, where they go uh, from here. So uh, I, I have a couple been, of we're being told by by our by our people on the uh, on the chat board that it is Spanish, not French. Um, and uh, yeah, Ashante Steven says it's Spanish, not French. Um, and what else? It's a Spanish version of Isaiah says bad weather freak, bad weather freak. All right. Ooh. You know what? I'm going to send a message to my buddy Stalin. Remember Stalin? Stalin. Stalin. Stalin always said that he had my back. Okay. <clears throat> and Stalin is from the Dominican Republic and he will, <clears throat> he'll know. So I'll, I'll okay. message him and I'll ask him how to pronounce it. So I, I, I brought up, and by the way, you can look at some of the, a lot of the stuff that I bring up with these hurricane maps, you can find very easily on tropicaltidbits.com, which for you weather fiends out there, that should be your go-to site for uh, weather models and everything else. But uh, Joe, these are the, uh, the I, I brought up the GFS, the GEFS ensembles, which were pretty interesting because when you look at them and you look at the members, uh, the vast majority of them take it, the, well, the mean is just off the east coast of Florida, but you've got more models, more more variations of the GFS taking it east of the of the mean and, and offshore and up the coast, as opposed to taking it westward and southward over Cuba and the Dominican, over the Dominican Republic and Cuba and into the northeastern Gulf of Mexico. Yes. <clears throat> Excuse me, Joe. No, no, I, I, you got the same lot of dust in your, that I had. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's it, it's interesting that the, the 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 GFS ensembles are supportive of uh, the latest GFS run and what the parallel GFS run is doing, which we're going to get to in a little bit. See, I I get a little concerned when we show a model uh, when we show a map like this, though, Joe, because now. There are going to be people out there saying, hey, did you know yeah, we, we saw a map tonight? It has it coming right up the eastern seaboard. New York City is going to get hit direct. A direct but hit those by... but those who watch this show regularly know the context. They understand yeah. the context of what we're doing. Do they not? Well, most 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 people do. No, they yeah. do. The one those that watch the show know. Uh, I mean, they the... post they post. There are some people out there who post a map like this on their Facebook page. And then they say, now, this is not a forecast. And I didn't make this forecast, but I just wanted to show you. If, if you don't want to show us, don't show it. Right, but but when they do that, they only do it. They, that's all you see. They just put up the one map. They're right. not like us, or we're, we're running through a hundred different things here. And you know, we're right. just you know, kind of at least you know, we're trying. What we try to do, everybody, as you know, we just try to. We want you to get the flavor of what's going to be going on in the upper air app, uh, in the upper air, because ultimately that's going to drive all of this. And we're going to get to that, but I just want to give you just just a, a, a look at, at everything that uh, that we look at. And you know, here's the uh, these are the 18Z uh, hurricane models from the Hurricane Center. And and I always look for the not necessarily where they are, but to to see how clustered together they are. Because when they are clustered together, it gives you a higher degree of confidence in terms of the outcome. And m almost all of them. Uh, take them take this north of Puerto uh, of the Dominican Republic. Some take it over Puerto Rico, 
all of, most all of them take it over the northern leewards, but then they go north of, of, of the Dominican Republic in Haiti and then into the Bahamas and then somewhere either along the Florida coast or just in the, into South Florida or in the northern Bahamas, somewhere in there by 120 hours. So this, this at least, this, this lends a little bit of support. If you want to check a box off on the side, does it go north of the islands or south of the islands or over the islands rather than south? But um, over the islands or north of the islands, we're going to maybe use the hurricane models and, and kind of check the box uh, for tracking just north of the islands, which is going to be key to intensity and important to uh, how models in the future are going to handle this as it gets closer to the coast. Now, Joe, speaking of intensity, very interesting here <clears throat> in my view. So there is, um, you know, in the wintertime, <clears throat> when um, it, it, it's, it, it, it's I mean, they take things to the natural Armageddon conclusion, which is uh, it's going to it's going to snow uh, snow tonight. Therefore, it must be a blizzard. OK, well, uh, the same kind of goes for the uh, some of the weather folk. They get all wrapped up with tropical systems and <clears throat> everything becomes a category five hurricane. And. That's just not, obviously, that's not the case. But I, I just, it, it's interesting to me looking at the intensity model forecast in that, at the moment anyway, uh, only one, actually only two of the four, the intensity models, Joe, make this a hurricane. The rest of them, all of the rest of them make it a tropical, tropical storm and basically leave it there. So at least it tells you that if there's something maybe that's not quite right with the upper air, uh, along this track that's going to perhaps prevent this from becoming uh, anything too out of hand. Now, I don't want to discount it completely because uh, that can often adjust relatively quickly. And we saw what happened with Hurricane Michael back uh, a couple of years ago, where uh, we suddenly found ourselves with a Category 5 hurricane going into the pa Florida Panhandle, even though conditions, when you looked at everything that was going on in terms of of, of, of the upper air at the time, it didn't appear like it was it was all that favorable for, for it to become anything more than maybe a Category 2 hurricane at worst, and it wound up doing what it did. I, I mean, I'm just kind of putting that as a disclaimer because of the fact, because of the high degree of uncertainty. Right, right. Well, that's the world we live in, I guess, Joe. <laughs> well, about that? you know, there's no guarantees. I mean, we like... You and I both would love to, we'd love to live in a weather world where you come out with some guarantees. And then obviously there never are. Uh, right. So <clears throat> on uh, one other clue I thought was interesting, WPC, the forecast of where they have this max precip area. Now, you got to be a little careful here because you do have this frontal boundary that's going to be stalling out through the Carolinas late this week. So some of the rain that you the big the big rain that you see along the North Carolina coast and then out east northeast uh, is, um, you know, some of that is going to be the frontal boundary. But what's interesting to me is that if you follow this uh, on, on where the max rain area is, it kind of, I, I guess I should use a different color just so this way you guys can see it better. Uh, we'll, I'll try it. Let's, let's try a bright yellow. All right. So let's try that. Uh, okay. So if you follow the max area of precip, I mean, it seems to me like the track would be something like this, where it, you know, goes offshore, stays just east of the North Carolina coast, maybe comes very close to Florida, and then runs up 
northeast from there. Again, this is what this is WPC's early seven day view is. But right. perhaps they're looking at what's going on. I'm sure they took it into account in terms of their forecast. So initially, maybe that's what they're seeing, that the frontal boundary or whatever weakness there is along the East Coast is going to allow this to eventually turn and, and move uh, northeastward. It doesn't mean it's, it's going to be right. Uh, this is their early look. Now, if we start seeing tomorrow when we update this, <clears throat> if they start shifting that rain area further north and west, then we may be talking a different ballgame. But don't they talk to each other? I mean, doesn't WPC, you know, somebody get on the phone, say, like, get on the phone, call, talk, talk to somebody over at NHC and ask them, you know. You know what? I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I mean, maybe they maybe they, they do at some point. But I don't know. I don't know that they would talk at this stage of the game. Well, I do know that I do know that uh, if you look at the seven day, the seven day uh, outlook, the seven day progs, surface progs, that they always put that stamp there when they have the position of the. Of, of a tropical cyclone, they always say, please make reference to or refer to the latest updated information from National Hurricane Center. Uh, this is just, you know, it's it, it not guesswork, but it's just our interpretation of where this thing is going to go beyond the normal five-day forecast that N NAC puts out. Well, at least at this early stage, there's enough uncertainty. Certainty, it's it, everybody's going to have varied opinions. So let's let's look at the upper air. Uh, we've got the 18Z GFS. If the parallel GFS is out, it might be fun to take a look at that. So once again, everything from what we've been talking about <clears throat> through last week remains. Uh, you have a uh, the big east-west. You know, I'm kind of liking this yellow uh, yeah. instead of the red. So we've got this east-west upper high. And, of course, there's a, another east-west upper high back from Texas westward, so you see the weakness in between. We have this upper low, this strong upper low south of James Bay that's dropping down, uh, bringing down maybe some moderate relief to the humidity, if not from the first shot tomorrow when the dew points come down a little bit, but maybe around on Friday and into Saturday when the dew points can come down a little bit more. So the the important thing in my view at starting right now is the strength of this ridge that's out in the Atlantic, because that really, Joe, is going to determine how far west it gets. And then it's going to get into this area of weakness and how it responds to that weakness is going to determine, you know, how much north, how much latitude is this going to gain? How far north is it going to get when it, uh, from the Dominican Republic and then into the Bahamas? This is going to be a very important scenario in the storm's life cycle with, with regarding whatever impact it might have to the East Coast. Yeah, and a lot of people right now, even though I, uh, you know, I'm sure the uh, local TV weathercasters have already made an allusion to this, a lot of people really aren't paying that much attention to it now. But um, I'm sure that as we get into the upcoming weekend, especially at the start of next week, this could loom rather large. And it could also, uh, you, you and I both know, Joe, the mindset of uh, executive producers and news directors at TV stations. They probably will say to themselves, hey, we need something to take people's minds off COVID-19, the baseball season, and a whole variety of other things. So why don't we talk about the potential of a storm a hurricane coming up the eastern seaboard? So maybe not much news making now, but uh, we'll be hearing about this. And, and you're right. We're going we're gonna to also be hearing about the problems that uh, the, uh, the local TV uh, news anchors or weathercasters are going to have in trying to pronounce 
or give the pr pr exact pronunciation of this particular storm. I, I if can't. I'm having a problem looking at it phonetically, and if you're having a problem, I, this is going to be interesting to see. I can't. I can't out. wait. <laughs> All right, so let's move forward on the upper air. Now, here's what I want everybody. Let's let's. I'm going to tell you what to look for. Okay, uh, so you're going to look look at the the strength of the upper high. You're going to look at this upper low that is sitting in eastern Canada, and it's right coming onto the screen now, on the edge of the screen, is another shortwave that is moving into the northern plain. So you've got these three players that are part of all of this, and going into Thursday and Friday, you'll notice that the Atlantic Ridge weakens, and the shortwave, the upper low that is over under south of James Bay also weakens and opens up. So now you have this open trough that runs uh, northwest, northeast, southwest. This is this part here that is back uh, into the middle Mississippi Valley uh, is, is going to be very important uh, to the outcome because that is going to eventually be uh, what this may wind up steering around. And, and looking ahead, that northern shortwave pulls out. The trough here begins to amplify. And now you've got another, Joe, there's another shortwave, a strong shortwave that is swinging down from Canada out of Labrador that comes around and looks like it almost phases with this uh, southern shortwave that stays in the lower Mississippi Valley. It almost looks like it's trying to phase. So now we're looking at, this is Monday evening, your tropical system is going to try and travel right up like this in between the high that is out offshore and the trough that is out to the west. And of course, how this lines up is going to be so critical to whatever outcome that we're going to have. Because if we wind up with something, if, for example, this northern shortwave were to overpower and, and, and say flatten all this out, where the flow is going to be more west-southwest, you're going to wind up with something that's going to do this, okay, where it's going to make the turn and then go out east-northeast. So the this this action that is happening here uh, in, uh, uh, in uh, southeastern Canada, back to the northern Great Lakes and into the lower Mississippi Valley, that trough that, that gets carved out there is going to be oh so important uh, to the outcome of uh, where this, this winds up. And again, do we have... Are we going to have an entity that's 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 going to be strengthening? Is it going to be something that's that's more than what we're seeing right now, which is just a broad low? Uh, that is also going to be part of this equation. Okay. Well, we'll see. You're not happy. I can tell you're well, not happy. Well, no. I'm. Uh, it's just that you're so thorough. I mean, what what more is there for me to add? You could totally disagree with me. I mean, that is possible. I mean, do you do you know that? I mean, you you. I am looking at this right. You, you I think, uh, the that that northern stream is going to be so important, and it's been such a dominating feature here all summer long. Right. Or the and lack of it has been a, a bit a dominating feature too. I wish I had uh, thought about this in advance. I would have liked to have uh, uh, looked at the uh, upper air uh, for Bell back in 1976 because I think. This is kind of like what happened with Bell, that it got stuck in a corridor and literally came in almost straight. All right, you know what? I can see if I can find something. We could probably find something. Uh, yeah. let, me, let, let me run through the European real fast, and then I want to just go to the parallel GFS. 
So here's the, the Europeans kind of got the same idea. Again, uh, only in 24-hour increments, but you see how the European uh, shortwave <clears throat> that pulls out of southeastern Canada and moves out east of Newfoundland, and now you've got this second arm that comes down uh, through Hudson Bay, and it phases in with what's left of that southern stream shortwave. And then, of course, uh, it, it, here, the, here is where you get a bit of a flatter look, and it's west-southwest. But I also want to point out that the European keeps this thing very weak and and pretty far to the south. It literally moves it right over all the big islands so that by the time it gets uh, out into the uh, northeast, into the eastern Gulf of Mexico, there's virtually nothing left to it. So right. uh, the Europeans' view is because of where it has the track being so far, much on the southern end of what the other models do. Uh, we can take a look also at the uh, Canadian uh, and the Canadian did get an upgrade, Joe, and it seems to be behaving better where it's not spinning up everything that moves. So I'm not really, by the way, folks, I'm not showing you the surfaces yet really because it, it, uh, the surface maps, all that does is that you just wind up focusing on what that map does and then you wait till the next model run and then you start focusing on what that model run map does. And I don't want, you know, you don't want to do that. I, 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 I prefer that you get it. If you get an understanding of what's going on in the upper air, the surface will take care of itself when we get there. So it's better to know what the players are upstairs because ultimately they're the ones that are going to steer this thing. And here's the, uh, the Canadian uh, same idea. And in fact, if you look at that, if you look at the Canadian over the Dominican Republic or just North of the Dominican Republic is the tropical storm. And you can see how it reacts to the trough as that Northern stream feature comes down phases uh, with that southern stream and then the tropical system is lifted right up the east coast into that um, in, into the trough that's moving into uh, uh, southeastern Canada and Labrador. So all the models, Joe, all of them uh, are on the same page uh, right. with, with how this plays out. Right. And do we have so, do we have the new parallel? We do not. So I'm going to look for um, in the meantime, if we got any other questions you want to take on the chat board so that while you're doing that, uh, address those comments and I'll take a look and see what I can find with, uh, with, uh, bell. Well, I do want to thank, uh, I do want to thank, uh, William Hubert for, uh, hitting super chat. He said $1 for every drop of rain I had. You most likely you had today. Good thing it didn't rain hard. I'd be poor. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, I've, I, I, I say the bill, bill's only a couple of miles from me, and uh, yeah, I, we, we, I, we've been, I've been kidding him about the fact that we seem to have a boilerplate over us. <clears throat> but, and there was a strong thunderstorm that I did notice in, in uh, south of, uh, to our south, late this afternoon and evening. A really small cell. Uh, uh, I'm not exactly sure where it was. Maybe around between somewhere between Patchogue and Mariches. Uh, there was a really, really small cell. But uh, that was it. Uh, and in fact, the, uh, the severe weather, the marginal risk of severe weather, I thought, by the way, that SPC would have reduced that this morning based on the, uh, on the fact that the models really weren't doing very much. Uh, but they didn't. I'm kind of surprised. Uh, but no matter. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. I'm trying you to find... If, if you go on the... Uh... The Daily Weather Maps site with the NOAA library, mm -hmm. and uh, you uh, pick it out as a PDF. Don't go with the deja vu because you don't want that. But uh, I'm looking at the map for Sunday, August 8th, 
1976. There's Bell that's off of the uh, central Florida coast by about, oh, I'd say 250 miles. But the upper air shows this, and it's, it's amazing. Here, here's an upper low over uh, the Ohio Valley, and here's a big subtropical ridge of high pressure offshore. And Bell literally goes right through the right north, right up the corridor between these two systems. And it looks not too different than uh, what we're talking about, you know, in the coming days with this tropical system coming up. I'm trying to find that the link to that Q. The uh, what? What did I if do? You go on Google. If you go on Google and just type in daily weather maps, and then when you when you uh, you know check in the list there, the the list or the 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 uh, the link that has NOAA uh, library. Okay. And then, and then you'll see. Then you'll see what we're what we're talking about. All right. Hang on one second. I'll 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 do that in a moment. I was just looking for that that site that we often go to. I seem to have lost the bookmark. Yeah, this is NOAA, NOAA Central Library. Right. Hang on, we'll do it right now. So, okay, so daily weather maps. Come on. The daily weather maps, W uh, oh, Central Library, correct? Right. Okay, so I'll bring that up on the screen in a moment. And you have a chance to go from uh, three yeah. different three different eras, uh, 1871 to 1968. You won April 15th, 1968 to December 31st, 2002. Right. So we're going to 1976. Six. <coughs> Excuse August, me. August and uh, the first the first on the list will be August 2nd to August 8th, and uh, just and, and make Got sure it. That you, Make sure you're at uh, PDF. You don't want the deja vu. Right. All, all taken care of, Mr. Rayo. I got it right there. So just give me one second to bring the PDF up. And like I saves. said, when you, see, when you see both the surface, well, the surface has Bell, you know, well off to the east of where this system would be. This system presumably is going to skim across Florida or uh, touch Florida. This uh, Bell was, I'd say, about 200, 250 miles east of Florida. But the upper air is the thing that really is impressive in the sense that you have the, the, the big ridge out to sea. You have the upper low coming down from uh, the Great Lakes into the Ohio Valley. And Bell just decided, okay, I guess I'll go in between the two. And uh, as you well remember, that one went straight up north and hit central Long Island. And Island. Bell did not form until, uh, until the disturbance that became Bell uh, got into the Bahamas. Right. Uh, and I'm just looking at the I, I got the maps up here, so let's 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 bring them up on the screen. So here is okay, so we're looking at I this is what day? I'm trying to figure out what day it is. This is Tuesday. You can see the upper air for Tuesday. Then we'll go to the upper air for Wednesday. And you got this weak trough that's moving out. You see the vortex that's up in northern Canada with the, the flow around that. Uh, moving on to uh, Friday. Now, here's where you start to get this the dying cold front, because I remember we had a stalled frontal boundary. And you'll notice here, now the upper air, you're starting to see this trough that's stretching uh, down from Labrador. And then on Saturday, 
Now you see that upper low, Joe, you, right? That forms down, it forms in southern Michigan, the low that, that is east of the Bahamas. Now that represents Bell. And the right. Atlantic Ridge, uh, the weakness in between, yet an upper high in New Mexico, upper high off the Atlantic trough, uh, extending down through the Great Lakes. And then when we move on to Sunday, now suddenly you've got this upper low all by itself uh, down in southern Michigan and extending southward and a mostly southerly flow along the east coast this is this is how you you bring a storm up the east coast i i think what we're looking at this time around is a bit more dynamic in the upper air with the 500 the upper air features at the up at, at 18,000 feet seem to be much deeper than what we're what we're seeing here from okay. bell so that 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 adds a, a an interesting little angle to it um, when, um, when we get to the weekend, just to see how the upper air interacts with all of this. Right. This is basically, this is now in part an analog forecast. I mean, we're trying to, you know, and you and I have been in doing this for so long that in our, in our memory or in our brains, we, we can just pick out like a Rolodex in our head. Right. Like, when was the last time I saw something like this in associated with a tropical system? And immediately Bell came right into my, uh, my mindset here. And uh, yeah, you're right. It, it is a bit different, but it's still in the same, it's got the same concept, the same idea uh, as to what happened all those years ago in 1976. Now, one of the things I want to also just touch on in terms of what we were talking about with regards to strengthening, I just want to go back to, let me use the GFS. I'm not going to go uh, uh, too crazy with this, but you know, I mentioned earlier about the fact that we, the, the environment uh, is not, not necessarily ideal. And one of the reasons is that we have this front. Oh, I can't do it with that that view. Hang on a second. That's my mistake. Uh, this is what the 18Z. I mean, you guys can all know. You guys can look at this on your own, of course. And so, so me not showing to you and showing it to you is not going to keep it a secret. But you see, on this particular run, uh, differences from the earlier run in that it's further east. It's much more developed. Uh, on the GFS, and then it just kind of shoots it up the coast. You see it here riding up. It never really gets very deep on the GFS. So uh, it's kind of, right. again, another indicator that that the upper air is not ideal. And, and taking a look at that, just, just so that we can showcase the, the, the problem, we've got this weather front that's coming through on, on Thursday that's going to drop down into Virginia, North Carolina. And I, and I think, Joe, what happens is because of that, let me just roll it back uh, a little, a few, a few days. Now we'll just have to wait for it to load. Okay. So you, you guys can see where the tropical system is, and that's right in there. So there's your tropical system uh, that is uh, north of the Dominican Republic. Uh, you uh, have... Uh, we're looking at upper air winds and wind shear. So you've got these strong south southwesterly southwesterly winds just to the north and west of of, of this, and uh, they're fairly strong. But they do migrate and weaken as the system moves up uh, into the Bahamas. But once it gets here, it gets a little dicey because you do have uh, at least initially going into Friday uh, the environment up. Off the uh, Atlantic coast, you actually have northeast winds uh, coming down uh, in the upper atmosphere. So there's actually a little bit of northeasterly shear. That that winds up disappearing, but then you get into some southwesterly shear here, 
of coming from the Northeast Caribbean, uh, the Northeast Gulf of Mexico, <coughs> and riding up the Atlantic coast. Now, I will say, Joe, having looked at prior runs, that the sheer uh, the the environment here looks less on less hostile than the prior runs did. So maybe that's the reason why the GFS has, has got a more of an identifiable feature uh, than than it did uh, than it did in the last the three or four runs of it. So that's something to consider. Uh, if if the GF if that trend continues when we look at the the next sequence of model runs uh, that they'll be coming out tonight and into tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and you're right. You, you mentioned a few moments ago about how the GFS, you know, and as I said this at the top of the show, that the GFS has been showing this more as a an, an amorphous or more diffuse system as it gets closer to the southeast coastline, as opposed to several days ago where this thing looked like a a solid, you know tropical cyclone coming up right. you know, in, in our direction. But, uh, you know, things are going to change. Uh, things are going to evolve. And they're going to evolve some more. Now, yeah. let's let, let's let's quickly go through our, our weather uh, the next couple of days because we've got this weak weather front, whatever you want to call it, that moved through tonight and didn't do anything <clears throat> with regards to showers and storms. And <clears throat> the do I noticed, Joe, the dew points uh, – I guess central, if you cut Pennsylvania and New Jersey in half and go northward, it looks like the dew points do come down a little bit uh, tomorrow afternoon, uh, just slightly. And then it looks like we have a stronger front that's coming through late Thursday. And there's a little wave that develops on there Thursday night because the models are bringing up some showers through Virginia, uh, Maryland, Delaware, through New Jersey and Long Island Thursday night into early Friday morning. Then that goes by. And now, of course, here's your set up for Saturday uh, with a, a low in Arkansas. That's your southern shortwave. Uh, there's an east-west frontal boundary. Those are the showers that you see off the North Carolina coast. And then the question is, with that trough swinging around, that northern part of that trough coming down and around, is there going to be enough here to pull this up uh, up the eastern seaboard in some fashion? And as I said, on this, this last GFS run, it does give us a, a, a swipe, although it never really – uh, intensifies into anything substantial. That was the parallel GFS today. The parallel GFS went to town, Joe. I don't know if you saw it. No, I did but not. But the the, the, par I... the parallels got you know a nine sixty something pressure running right up the coast and you know moving uh, over eastern Long Island into southeastern New England. This is like the second. This is like <laughs> the second. This is like the second parallel GFS we've had in the last eighteen months, right? It's, yeah. I mean, it's, Pretty soon yeah. they're going to have uh, they're going to have a GFS on its side and they'll have to call it the perpendicular GFS. <laughs> the GFS that only works at right angles. Right. Actually, that was that that was that run I showed you the other night where the low went out east of uh, North Carolina, went straight east to about right six and then, then moved straight north. Yeah, that was a yeah. that's the perpendicular GFS. Yeah. All right. So you get the idea, folks. We can go on all night and show you every model. It's not going to resolve anything. Uh, I, the, I think the, the, the takeaway is we, we've got obviously we've got a tropical system that we're going to be dealing with in, in one form or another. And it's just going to be a question of just watching this whole thing uh, evolve. Um, so uh, here's a question, Joe, uh, from uh, uh, Johnny Quest. How accurate is WPC? Because they might show an inch and a half of rain for the next seven days. And yet when you're dealing with these summertime issues, you've got thunderstorms where any one spot could wind up with three or four inches of rain and, and everywhere else gets gets very little. It's it's really a no-win situation. I mean, if you're, good, if you're looking at this time of the year, especially if they're doing this with kind of a broad brush, you're absolutely right. Any one, you know, 
splotch of convection uh, could very easily, the, the, the perceptible water involved with even a small zone of, uh, of uh, thunderstorm activity could bring down a quickie three or four inches in, in one small narrow spot. How do you factor that into a, a, a broad area? So you just you, you just try to do your best. You can't. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I just, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, I just think it needs to be understood that um, in the summertime that local, you know, some of these thunderstorms are going to produce ridiculous amounts that you can never put on a, on a broad map of the United States. You just can't. So you, right. I, I think I think you just have to go in with that understanding that in some places could get, get hammered when you get situations that weren't getting hammered and other places not so much. We haven't seen yet, at least in the Northeast this summer, as opposed to other summers, those crazy scenarios where one particular city or town gets walloped with like eight or nine inches of rain in three hours. We haven't seen that happen yet, but certainly it is not out of the question, especially when you consider how juicy the air has been overhead in uh, recent days around here. By the way, um, <clears throat> Douglas is now a tropical storm and weakening as it's now, well, it's well past Hawaii and, and headed for the uh, international dateline. It's a 24 and a half north, 169.9 west. Now, I don't know if you picked up on this, Joe. I have no idea how to pronounce. Oh, the, the National Monument? The, yeah, the, <laughs> it, 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 it's, hold on. It's 4, 8, 10, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. It's 17 letters long. Papa <laughs> Papahana. Uh, Papahana Umokuakea? I don't know. I'm, I'm not trying to make, I'm not trying to be funny here. It's, it's just, no, I, mean, it, I looked it, at that and I'm like, whoa, how do you, I guess I could go to Google and just put in there and say, how do you say this? Why don't you do that? Uh, go to Google, the Google translator and put in, put in the tropical storm name. And let's and put the volume up, and you could hear what the what the pronunciation is. <laughs> I uh, I'd have to go right now. I'm, I've got my own I, I'll do it. Okay. Whole, whole area. Of, I've got like three different windows open here because I'm I'm, I'm right right, Hang on, me. I'll do it. I just realized I could do that. Hang on a second. All right. In the meantime, by the way, potential tropical cyclone nine on the eight o'clock advisory is still potential tropical cyclone 9, 14.2, 58.7, moving west-northwest at 25 miles an hour. Wow. Uh, 1,007 millibar lowest pressure top winds, 40 miles per hour. So I don't see that there's been any changes in the um, – no changes in the watches and warnings and the advisory. So you've got tropical storm warnings up for Puerto Rico, Vieques, Culebra, the U.S. Virgin Islands, British Virgin Islands, Antigua, Barbuda, Montserrat, St. Kitts, Nevis, Anguilla, Guadalupe, Martinique, St. Martin, St. Bartholome, Saba, St. Estatius, St. Martin, Dominica, uh, Dominica, I'm sorry, and the Dominican Republic and from Cabo uh, uh, Quasado, northward along the northern coast of the Dominican Republic-Haiti border, uh, now under a tropical storm warning. Just, so just to update that. Uh, from the eight o'clock advisory, and then we'll go to Google. Let me go to Google Translator. Let's try that. Okay, how do you pronounce 
what is it? I S spelling. Isaiah, uh, how do you spell it? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm still working on the Hawaiian. <laughs> how do you spell it? I, I say is well, how does it spell? I S A I S E S. I think so, but I can. I, I'll have to put the Hawaiian thing aside now and go back to go back to the Atlantic <laughs> basin. Um, uh, da, 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 da. Okay, I can't seem to get this to work right. I guess I, I'm, I'm falling under pressure pressure here. So uh, never mind. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll come back to it tomorrow. So let's. Uh, I S I S A I A S. There's a lot of A's here. All right, I'll I'll do it off. I'll I'll do it uh, off when when we're done. And then two sets, of, two sets of A's, two sets of S's. It's a, it's it's it, yeah. In fact, the only, it's it's made up of three letters: an I, an S, and an A. All right, we'll figure we'll figure it out tomorrow. By the way, the chairman pointed out to me earlier that uh, we uh, got a low this morning at Central Park was 81, which shattered the record of, of 78. So this is the highest low for this date. Um, that's cool. Um, and the all time is 84. So uh, 81 was the low this morning at the park. Didn't didn't even get under 80. And uh, do you what was, the, what was the old record? It was 78. For the day was uh, 78. Correct. The old the record. I always love those record low highs and record high lows. Um, <clears throat> and the high today was 93 in New York City. So it did not break a record. Do you have some uh, questions left over for me from Sunday? I will check. It will. It will. It'll mean trying to get to uh, uh, if there it was a question. I'm not. I don't think there was though. But uh, I'll hang on for a second. Let me find something from Mr. Briller if he if he did send me anything. Scott, you know if you send me something or not. But uh, he said he did I like on. How, I like how they. I leave something alone. And then I get another message saying Scott Brothers sent a message, Joe Ray, you haven't you haven't responded yet. The reason why I haven't re responded is that if I respond, then I'm going to lose it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. Um, uh, Bro, Jeffrey, Sunday morning. Uh, blah, 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 blah. How many times? No, I don't think. Uh, did we do? Did you give me questions on Sunday? Yes. How many I, How many Grammys has Elvis Presley won? Yeah, we did do those questions. Yeah. So we did the Sunday questions. Okay, so then we'll just wait till tomorrow and we'll. Uh, We'll get the next set because I don't have anything. I didn't get anything today. So, uh, no, I don't have any Briller Jeopardy. And, and by the way, it's coming up on 8 o'clock Eastern time. David Schwartz, thanks for hitting Super Chat tonight. Really appreciate it greatly. Very, very much so. Rose Violet, I'm confused. The Weather Channel shows it going through Florida, but these models show it going up the East Coast. Will I be affected? Okay, so Rose, let me just say, as I said from the beginning, you can't go, you you can't look at something five or six days ahead of time and make any kind of equivocal, you know, solid statement uh, that it's definitely going to hit Florida. Uh, the Weather Channel is going to show you what the Hurricane Center has, and that that's based on their forecast, which obviously could uh, can change and is fluid. Uh, plus, we don't even know what we're going to be dealing with by the time it gets there. So I, I really wouldn't put. I, I, I think at this stage of the game, and I, I'm guessing Joe will probably agree with me on this, is uh, uh, you know it's there. Uh, you know that uh, under, under certain circumstances that it could very well have an impact on weather in South Florida this weekend. 
and that we're in the pay attention phase. Uh, right. We're not in anything beyond that. Okay, so right. is it possible? Yes. Is it probable at this point? It's we're we're not at a place where we can say uh, that the probability is high. Even I, I, even the even the uh, the the maps that uh, Levi Cohen show. Yeah, I think in the upper right hand corner, the one that shows the uh, the track. Yes, it board. says on there, do not use this as a, as a tool to make decisions. Right. And uh, that can't be emphasized enough. And we say it all the time here when it comes to tropical storms <clears throat> and hurricanes, uh, when the time comes for decisions to be made, it's your local officials that you should be considering and talking to and your local National Weather Service forecast office for information and the National Hurricane Center. Weather.gov or nhc.noaa.gov. So make sure you've got those two websites uh, down uh, and uh, as, as uh, sources for information when the time comes. Incidentally, Joe, uh, somebody on, on the chat board asked, and this, this goes back maybe almost to the beginning, and I forgot who asked the question. Uh, he was wanting to know with, on, on my YouTube uh, channel, uh, right. is, there a way to, is there a way to get uh, super chats there and I, I'm figuring that that's not going to be available until after I hit 1,000 subscribers. Is that correct? Right. You need 1,000 subscribers. So right. go to Joe's YouTube channel, which is Joe Rayo Weather, and make sure you subscribe to his YouTube channel so we can get him up to 1,000. Peter uh, Bicker, what is the difference between a potential tropical cyclone and a tropical depression? Uh, I, I, I did probably earlier. Maybe you joined late. So uh, the... Uh, what we have here is a low, a broad low that doesn't have a tight uh, closed off circulation center where you've got convection around the center itself. That is a characteristic of a warm core system. We've been noted, noting the last day or two how this thing looks like it's got a giant donut in the middle where, where the lowest pressure is, you're seeing very little convection. So once we start seeing on satellite loops overnight or when they send the next recon, if they start to see convection developing near where the lowest center of pressure is and you start to get winds that are around that center and that they can close it off, that's when they would make it a tropical depression. And obviously, if the winds are over gale force, they're going to make that a tropical storm. So I, I, the, uh, the purpose of the potential tropical cyclone is just for systems like this in the Atlantic, where you get them, they're, they're, they're on their way, you know they're going to get, the, it looks like they're going to get there. There's probably a 80 or 90% chance that it's going to become a tropical storm, uh, but because they're close to land areas where they're going to be impacted with tropical storm force winds, the Hurricane Center kind of, you know, Let's the lets the news out that hey we're looking at this it looks like it's going to become a tropical storm we're going to put tropical storm warnings up uh, because of the threat once it, to give you give you a little bit more time so it's it it it's a it's a way of getting a leg up uh, rather than wait till you know wind up upgrading the thing to a tropical storm and putting up warnings when the thing is basically right on top of you so uh, the uh, these potential tropical cyclones I think. Uh, do uh, serve a, a useful purpose. And as I said, also at the, at the onset, uh, the discussion, although I haven't seen the, uh, I wonder if they put an eight o'clock discussion up, uh, a new, no, they just stayed with the. <clears throat> yeah, we, I, I did the advisory a little while ago. They left everything alone. Yeah, and, and this, was, this was written by Brown, one of the forecasters at uh, NHC, National Hurricane Center. But again, it's a long discussion. And I, my theory is, 
is that they simply just want to, you know, stress again, you know, uh, potential cyclone nine. It's likely uh, tropical storm conditions for the Leeward Islands, Virgin Islands, the long rain tracks and the intensity forecast are most uncertain, more than usual. The system does not have a well-defined center yet, blah, 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 blah. So they're, they're really just saying, all right, it's out there, but don't put too much emphasis on the tracks and the information yet, because it's, it's everything still has to come together. So. Daniel Fitzsimmons wants to know, is there a weather app for historical weather? Not that I know of. I've never, I haven't seen one. I don't know of any, <coughs> but I would think that daily, I would think that daily weather maps link Joe would probably help him. So I'm, I'm going to bring that up again. Uh, I'll put it up on the chat board, Daniel. You might want to take a look at that. Right. Uh, because, uh, you know, after you go, you know, you go back a handful of years, things get uh, less technical and a little more primitive from the standpoint of uh, of what's available. But uh, take a look at these because these go way back. About, I don't know about you, Joe, but when I was when I this goes back now into the late 60s, or early 70s or whatever, I used to actually go down to the local candy store, Angie's, by the way, in uh, when I lived in Throgs Neck. I go there, I buy the New York Times for 10 cents, bring it home, and literally I would throw the entire New York Times out, except I would cut out the weather page. And the weather page was most important because back then, back in the day, the weather maps they showed in the New York Times was not this stuff that they show now, which evolved out of the USA Today maps from all these years ago, back right. in the 80s. It used to be the actual US Weather Bureau maps with isobars and wind barbs and the whole bit. And I, I must have kept like three years worth of maps. I cut the I cut the maps out, I put them in a boot box. Mm-hmm. And that was my that was my archive. My that was the only weather maps you could get your hands on. Correct. <clears throat> unless, unless I had the bucks uh, to subscribe to the daily weather map page, which would come in the mail. But this was a lot easier and a lot cheaper too. And that's how I used to look at the maps make my own forecasts. And I used to, you know, I even used to put the weather on the board at the blackboard uh, at, at uh, school. As did I, as did I. And now you can't really, now if a kid is trying to do that, he's basing it not on the actual national weather service maps, which you can get off the internet anyway, but he's basing it on this op art or this, uh, this modern art of uh, the oranges and the blues and the reds and everything else. And, uh, I, Joe, I've said this how many times, and I'll say it again. We were born in the wrong time. Well, we weren't. No, we, well, but I'm saying if we were born 30 years later or, or, or so, we would be participating in all this technical stuff in, in a much bigger way. Um, but I've always embraced it to, a, to an extent as the stuff came along. But at the end of the day, those who have this now, 40 years from now, they're going to be saying the same. The, young, the youngins are going to be saying the same thing when the technology changes even more. And they'll probably put like a chip in your brain and they'll just send you, send you the weather maps and they'll show up in your glasses. So you get to see them here. I mean, it's just it's but the, all... great, the, the great part about the, uh, the daily weather map page with these maps that go all the way back to 1871, there was a time... I used to go down to the New York to the Mid Manhattan Library to look at weather maps from the from the New York Times now, 
And there were no weather maps available from 1942 to 1945. They did not print weather maps in the newspaper and they had barely anything in terms of weather forecast because they were afraid that the enemy, the, the Germans or the Japanese or whoever, were gonna use those maps to try to, you know, do maneuvers or something like that. And you were not allowed on radio to give too much information out about weather back during World War II because of, because of that. It's, yes. It's, it was like really weird. Well, you had One the Great Atlantic Hurricane came up the East Coast during that time. I, and I, somebody remember telling me a story about how, you know, getting the information out about that was was um, was a bit odd and a bit strange because of the war blackout. In 19, uh, the 1940s, earlier mid-1940s, Henry Morgan, not Harry Morgan, who played Colonel Potter on MASH, but Henry Morgan, who was on a lot of game shows, and he was also a uh, uh, noted commentator on radio. He had a show on WOR radio, and he said, let's take a look at the latest weather right now. And right now, and all of a sudden, you heard a crash. And he said, well, the barometer is falling, and it just fell. Now he got. He thought that was very funny, and you know it might have been you know mildly amusing, or whatever. The next day, somebody from the U.S. government contacted him and told him that was a no-no, and he said that was just a fun little bit. I said the barometer is falling, and the guy from the government said yes, but what if it was right, or what was it? What if it was true? I mean that was the mentality. You think it's crazy now? Back back in the 1940s, they were you know they was thinking crazy stuff as well. Um. So I, I uh, A-L-E-M-B-I-C-65, any insight on YouTube recently eliminating listings, listings for mobile and web streams on live channels, so no way to see what smaller streams exist in a spontaneous way. I haven't seen anything that says that. I just did a quick Google search on that. Uh, in terms of live streaming on mobile, you need at least that magic 1,000 uh, subscribers, so uh I'm, clearly, that's not an issue for for this channel because we have we have we're way over that, and it soon won't be an issue for Joe's channel because you're going to go to Joe Rayo Weather and bring him hey, one look. subscriber closer to to uh, to, to uh, a, a thousand. So that's Joe Rayo Weather once it's this my, live stream is done. It's my birthday on Sunday, so now all of you who are watching right now, go to all of your friends or all your families and say, look, there's this channel on YouTube. It's called Joe Rayo Weather. Just subscribe. And maybe on Sunday for, for my birthday, we'll make it over a thousand. We're only 140 away from that. So, you know, if, if, if the word spreads out and you know, all of you start, you know, telling all of your friends, just, you know, go and go and subscribe to this, this channel. We've, I've done everything short of, uh, you know, I was thinking of also, Joe, I was thinking also, I, was, I filled the hummingbird feeders today. Uh -huh. I'm saying I ought to do a, like a, a primer on, uh, how to attract hummingbirds. You know, if you have the, the feeder. Hey, I've done cooking stuff. Yeah. In fact, I made my own, uh, I, I made my own creamy Caesar dressing today. It came out really good. Really? It was very easy. Very now easy. Don't put, don't put that on the hummingbird feeder. The hummingbirds won't like No, that. they won't like that. Especially the sour cream part of it. Um, yeah. uh, uh, so, so let's see. Um, Christina Pedia saying to Alan Beck, could it be that the uploaders hiding them long live streams really mess up the channel views? I watched several years put live streams. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm going to dig around on that to try to get a little bit more uh, information. Johnny Quest wants to know, Joe, are there any interesting things in the night sky that we should be paying attention to? You, you probably have seen that they, they are promoting AccuWeather, 
most notably, is promoting a double meteor shower tonight. And it's two really weak, run-of-the-mill, not even worth looking for because there's so few meteors. And it's also a shower that is basically really more for the southern United States and places south of the equator. But they're promoting it as, I think, you know, oh, fireballs, and you can take a look at it. But uh, really, the, uh, the, uh, the main event coming up in, in less than a couple of weeks on the night of August 11th is the uh, annual performance the per- of the Perseid meteor showers. They come along every year in mid-August. And that's the it's annual still, performance of cloudy skies around here, but go on. Right. Always, it's always been cloudy. I always, I try to keep the, the enthusiasm down because it, it always turns out the weather is the same thing. Cloudy, foggy, rainy, showery, whatever. But maybe we'll, maybe we'll catch a break this year. And uh, as we get closer, we'll obviously, you know, allude to that more and more, I suppose. Uh, Timothy Veltman says you should set a subscriber goal for a thousand. And when you get there, they'll shave your head. (laughs) (laughs) Which reminds me, last night I saw on the the Twilight Zone, 1230 last night, Joe, the Telly Savalas episode with Talking Tina. Oh, my name is Talking Tina, and I'm going to kill kill you. you. God. So uh, Chuck Cardillo t- uh, says that uh, his birthday is on August 4th. Okay, very good. You know who also was born on August 4th? One of the uh, Miracle Mets, Cleon Jones. He ah. was born on August. And by this time, Cleon's probably approaching 80, 80 years old, I would think. But uh, but anyway, and my and my brother-in-law, uh, my, my, my wife has two brothers and uh, the oldest brother, uh, John, he'll be celebrating on August 4th as well. A lot of people celebrating their birthdays in early August, Joe. Must have been a cold month of December. It might have, must have been. By the way, I, the, the new parallel GFS is starting to come out now. And I'll just, it just, it looks like the old parallel GFS shooting up a fairly well def- developed cyclone. I only have it out. I'm not going to bring it up on the screen because we got to go. It's, it's coming up on 815. Uh, but at 144 hours, which is next Monday afternoon, it's got a pretty wrapped up uh, cyclone there right over the outer banks of, move, of North Carolina, moving uh, rapidly north, northeastward. So we'll leave it at that. And uh, don't forget, folks, if you tuned in late or uh, perhaps uh, you uh, didn't have time to finish, uh, to see the whole live stream, you can always uh, view this as a podcast, which it will be up in about an hour. So the podcasts of this show will be up on uh, on Anchor, on uh, Google Podcasts, on Spotify, and on a whole bunch of other places. And I think we're on iTunes, although they haven't told me yet for sure. But as I said earlier, I've noticed uh, 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 some of the uh, folks that are listening to the podcast are doing it through iTunes. So tomorrow, 7 o'clock Eastern time is our regular time uh, yes, on sir. most weekdays. We took a break yesterday because we were on seven days in a row and we needed to, both of us needed a little bit of a day off. Uh, I will uh, have a special Weather in 10 video tomorrow afternoon for my Patreon members on my subscription site. That's patreon.com slash meteorologist Joe Chaffee. It's two bucks a month and you get a lot of extra weather stuff and you can message me anytime. It's loads of fun. So uh, be sure if you're not part of it, uh, think about it. A lot of folks that are on the regulars here on the chat board are part of Patreon and I appreciate their memberships greatly. Thank you so much. Uh, King of all media, me. folks. Who? King of all weather media. <laughs> Who? Right? Who? You. I sound like an owl. <laughs> I'm everywhere. I'm everywhere. What can I tell you? All right, folks, have a great night. Thanks for being